Well done. Well done. All right. Well, guys, I, uh, it's good to be back with you today. I thank my brother Phil for sharing last week about time, and I, my brother Ed before that, um, and, and giving me an opportunity to, um, to prepare for you today. And I, I, I want to pray before we get too far, because I'd like to, I'd like to um, have us just commit this time in the next few minutes. Uh, I, I have prayed that we might have um, some obedient fruit from this time today, and so I'm, I'm going to try to get to the point, and I'm going to try to um, get out of the way as well. I want the Lord to be able to speak today, but I believe that He has a word for us, and I, I'm going to trust that He has. And so I, if you would agree with me, I'd like to for us to ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Can we do that together? Thank you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you're so good. As we have sang today, you're so faithful, so good to us. And Lord, I believe today as a church that you, you have a special word for us. And I, I pray that you may help us in these next few minutes, help me to be able to convey what you've laid upon my heart, and, and that, God, that there would be receptive ears to hear and a heart inclined and ready to participate in obedience. Because, God, I believe that you have been about a process for some time of speaking, and, and this is not going to be the first time, but this morning you're going to remind some people, and it's been a few times. And so, God, I pray you would help us. Lord, let us hear today and let us walk in obedience as we would leave this place today. But in these next few moments, may it be a, a time and, a, and an opportunity to hear from our Lord. I pray you help me touch my, my voice, my throat, and allow me to be able to share, God, what you have given me for this day. We love you, Lord, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to share with you today from uh, <clears throat> Judges chapter 6 and before I do, I'll give a little background story where I grew up in um, Kentucky. I, I didn't always appreciate some of the things, but I look back now and I would think, wow, I really wish that I uh, could somehow turn back the clock and take advantage of those opportunities again. Because I grew up when uh, we always had a sizable, um, my, our family called a garden. And so the fruit of that garden was that there were fruits and vegetables um, that we ate, I mean, fresh out of the garden all the time. Uh, we controlled the fertilizer or lack of fertilizer, uh, and it required some sweat equity. And so uh, I, I wish I had learned more. Uh, instead, it was uh, take this tool, take this hoe, and you hold that corn. And I would do what I was told, but I wish I had paid more attention. I really didn't appreciate what was happening. Because they would take those fruits and vegetables and they would can them and freeze them. And, and, uh, and, and, and we, would, we just had this fresh stuff year round. I didn't understand for a long time why they even did that. And maybe if I understood the why a little better, maybe I would have paid more attention. But the why was because... My grandparents and, their, and my great-grandparents, I was blessed to have both sets living when I was younger. 
But they had experienced what was known in the United States as the Great Depression. A period of time from 1929 to 1939, historians say, where uh, basically the world economy collapsed. I saw there was like um, 25% unemployment worldwide. And all of that, uh, uh, the the crash of the stock market in in the United States and uh, a worldwide tariff or tax that was put upon the world. And that, those kind of things together uh, caused great economic stress. And from that, though, my family survived just fine because they raised their own food. What a concept. Just using the usable land they had and feeding themselves and sharing with their neighbors and bartering a little bit and and yeah, it, it was a rough season, but it, it wasn't the story of their, of their life of 86 years, 87 years, 88 years. It was not the whole story, but it was a season that greatly impacted how they lived their life for the rest of their life. And in some ways, it was limiting because uh, they always remembered that. They talked about that way into their 80s. Uh, reminding all of the children, reminding all the grandchildren. There were difficult days, guys. But we got through it, and this is how we got through it. And so they were teaching that and passing it on to the next generation. There were some limits with that, though, as I look back and kind of summarize the whole effect that there were, they were slow about taking any kind of risk after that. They were very, very uh, conservative in everything. Uh, and, and it played out well for them. They, they had no regrets with that. But it reminds me that there can be seasons for us as well. And we're in a time right now, I mean, tacos cost more now than they did a while back. Gasoline costs more. Everything's costing more. And so we're in that kind of economic strain type environment. And if you're young and you've never heard these stories before, then it may be that you think, well, man, this is going to go forever, and I don't know what's going on, and I'm trying to tell you it's a season, and in a lot of ways, you and I determine how long some seasons are. And I want to share with you from the Word today in a, in a way that I, I, I really think that it's not just today, but it's been a process over several years, if you've been at this church, that you have heard the voice of the Lord perhaps calling you out of a season, but you're not able to come out. Let me share some scripture with you. See if you can identify for a moment. Judges chapter 6. This is the book of Judges is written immediately. It's following the death of Joshua and it's prior to Israel having its first king. And during this period of time that's kind of in between, the nation was ruled by judges who functioned. They were, they were spiritual and legislative leaders who provided some authority to govern Israel. Some of other judges like Samson and Deborah, and then today we're focusing on Gideon. And these were uh, the people that God raised up during critical moments in the nation of Israel. And that's where we, we dive in today. Judges chapter 6 I'm going to begin in verse 11 Now the angel of the Lord Came and set 
under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, <clears throat> while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Let me pause there for a moment. If you were to read this entire chapter 6, and I would encourage you to do the whole chapter and read chapter 7. It wouldn't take you uh, five minutes or so. But what's happened here, you look at the beginning of chapter 6, is the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. That, and that's kind of what happens. That's, that's the cycle we read throughout Scripture. We get it right with God. God delivers. God delivered them out of, out of Egypt. And then a generation forgets, and, and they, they go a different way, and they rebel against God. And then there's this cycle that continues, and we see that throughout Scripture. But this is where it's at. They've done evil in the sight of the Lord. In the hand of the, he's given them over to the hand of the Midianites for seven years. And here's what's happened. The children of Israel have made for themselves dens, caves, and strongholds in the mountains. They're basically hiding out. And here's why. Because they'll plant a crop, and then their enemies will come and, and camp there, and they'll overwhelm them, and they'll take the crop, and they eat it, and there's nothing left for the nation of Israel. Times are hard. It's a great depression. They're having to hide, even to have food and have daily existence. And that's where the story picks up here with Gideon, an angel of the Lord appearing. He's hiding in the wine press. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Other versions of Scripture will say, You mighty warrior. And Gideon hears this language. He hears this description coming from the angel of the Lord. And Gideon says to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our father told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of of the Midianites. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Gideon gives excuses. He first of all gives excuses as to why God is not going to let this happen or help this happen. Like, where are you? Where are you? Where, where's the miracles? And then he goes on to talk about why he can't do it. And then every time the angel of the Lord reminded him, surely I am with you and you'll have victory. Verse 17, then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. And he goes away and he prepares uh, an offering and, and brings it back and the angel waits. And then, <clears throat> and then the angel uh, puts the end of his staff and touches the meat and the unleavened bread and fire raises out of the rock and consumes the meat and the unleavened bread. In verse 22, now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. 
And in verse 23, the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. I want to talk to you about peace today as a primary theme because when difficult times are upon us for various reasons and we're in a season where it is difficult, then you may be able to identify exactly with what we're sharing here today. When the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, the the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor, you mighty warrior. You see, when people say things like that, when we hear a word like that, when we even sense the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit speaking over any one of us today, and and our natural response could be just like Gideon's, because you hear that and see no one has ever perhaps spoken a word like that over you before. The worship team was singing about something like that today, that there's the, um, where we are sons and daughters of God, but maybe we don't feel that way, and maybe we don't think that way. But what happens here, the angel of the Lord, the voice of the Lord speaking over Gideon, this is how I see you. You may not feel this way, and up until this point, you've not acted this way, but speaking about what's going to be and, what, and how it's going to play out, you are a mighty warrior. You are a, a, a man of valor. But you don't feel that way. You see, if you grew up and no one ever said things like that over you, <coughs> excuse me, then it can be very hard for you to receive and accept that perhaps God could use you in a mighty way. To think about for a moment the, the weight of the words spoken over you. Maybe you grew up in a, in a home that, where there was, there, were not, there was not Christian leadership. There was not anyone thinking that you're going to do anything for the kingdom of God. Anything that might amount to something that God might need and God might call you to and God might require you to, to walk in and serve in. You've never heard anything like that. And then for me to even stand here today and perhaps your pastor speak over you and say to you, I see something that perhaps you don't see. And I see that happen because I, 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 I am, I don't always get this right guys, but I'm trying to pray and I'm praying continually because I really feel like the Holy Spirit can, can speak to me even in the moment. And sometimes I'm walking up to, to different people and I'll say, Holy Spirit, give me a word, some way to encourage this person, to challenge them or speak something good or kind or encouraging. And sometimes I'll do that. And before I can even finish the sentence or get the words out, you're, you're like, I, I, I can't even hear that. You can't process what God may be even speaking over your life because you've never heard that before and you've never seen yourself like that before. And you're working in perhaps a job that you love. Maybe, maybe your deal is accounting or teaching or you're a doctor or you're a, a business owner or you're, a, you're an attorney or whatever it is that you enjoy doing. And I'm up here talking about you having a ministry. 
And what I'm trying to get you to grasp is perhaps that God may fund the ministry that he has for you, almighty man or woman of valor, through the job that you enjoy doing, but he's still calling you to go impact the neighborhood that you live in. Calling you to impact the school that you're in. Calling you to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And for all the time up until the time you've been at Access, you've always heard that those two things are separated. That they're sacred and they're secular. And you've come into a place and you can't quite wrap your mind around it yet that it's all sacred. That you, whatever you're enjoying doing, that is what God is using to fund the ministry that he's called you to do. And if you could somehow... somehow get past your insecurities that you might be able to finally see yourself. You know what? I am a mighty woman of God. I am a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God. And that God is going to use me in a way that he's calling me to and it's starting to make some sense. And that's why I've come to talk to you about today. Thank you, brother. Excuse me a moment. Ah, been an interesting week. You see, God sees the potential for greatness. And God sees the capacity for leadership. He's really good about that. You know, you're, you're, you're doing the things you know to do. You're walking in humility. You're walking humbly before your God. You're trying to be a man or woman of God who is a student of the word and a man or woman of prayer, a disciple with the idea of going and making disciples, and you're getting all of that. But I'm trying to get you to see so much more than that. So much more than that. In Psalms 2.8, the psalmist says, ask of me, and the Lord ask, ask and I will give you the nations for your inheritance you see I'm asking I'm asking that God would use me and use this church and when I say this church I'm not talking about a building guys I'm talking about you that he would collectively do a work among us and that he would give us this nation that we would see a move of God that we have never seen before if you could believe that, and you're, many of you are already doing ministry, you're already grasping what I'm talking about, but the, a God of heaven and a God who calls us, he's not doing this through a celebrity pastor, but it is a collective move of God across the, his church that finally gets it, and in and, and the workplaces and the schools and the colonials come alive because the people of God are led by the Spirit of God. Lord is with you. Gideon asked a fair question, though. He says, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles? You see, he's seen a miracle. (coughs) Excuse me. He's seen it. He's heard about it. It's stories around the dinner table, delivered out of Egypt. But now where are you, God? Where are the miracles again? Where are you? Excuse me. God, if you're with us and you're, you're going to do these mighty things, then why is my family such a mess right now? 
What's going on in, in my home? Why, why is my body sick? Why, why do I have a little hack today? Why, why are some marriages in a tough season? Why are my children astray? Why, why do I not have my place of employment right now? Where are you and where are all your miracles? You see, as we're sitting in a wine press, as we're sitting in that place where we don't know what the next step is, you see, Gideon is in that wine press because he's trying to hide, trying to create a little food, trying to have a little daily sustenance to provide. But it, those wine presses, those areas where we've been hurt and we've been held back and, and we're sitting in those, and what I'm trying to get you to think about today is could you be in a wine press yourself? That you're in a place where you were hurt or you were discouraged, you were broken, and you've gotten into a, uh, a great depression mode in the middle of a wine press and, and you're stuck down there. And yes, you hear the voice of God, but you're so paralyzed by your own insecurities that you're not able to move forward. A fair question, God, where are you? The fact is we may have no idea or context for the greatness that you carry within you. And the enemy's working overtime to take you out. And perhaps we're not the men or women of prayer that we need to be. Because an enemy who knows potential and perhaps and, and trying to create great havoc and great chaos in your life and, and you're not recognizing the weapons that you have to push back and to fight back against darkness and then you're discouraged and you're pushed down and you're stuck in a wine press and you're asking just the same questions Gideon is. God, where is, it? Where is the God of miracles today? Where are you? I've seen miracles but I've not seen enough miracles. I've seen miracles. I've experienced them. I've walked in them. There is no other explanation for them. I believe in a God of miracles. But, he, but I've not seen the miracles happen like I would love for them to happen. Anybody else? It's a fair question Gideon is asking. And a gracious and powerful and kind Lord re receives the question. I know where you're coming from, Gideon. I know what you're feeling right now. I know what you're experiencing. He knows. But Gideon goes on to say something as, uh, that, that I think reflects with many of us today. He, he, he turns from God and then he says, okay, what about me? Uh, how can I save Israel? My clan's the weakest and I'm the least in my father's house. That is a mindset, folks. And we can sing all day about how we are sons and daughters of God and, and great is thy faithfulness and all those things. But if your mindset is a wine press mentality right now, where you're stuck in your own wine press and you can't see it any other way because you look around and you don't have the resources and you don't have the deal. <clears throat> And you're wondering, God, where's your miracles? And you look at yourself and you think, well, see, there's no one from my clan that's ever done anything great in the kingdom of God. 
and you feel a little bit of a deficit and a little bit of an insecurity and why would God work through me and why would God uh, call me to do something like that? He's got other people he could call. And I think we're in a season, children of God, where God is calling out some people that have been unknown to this point. And that you, he is calling you by name. And there is no mistake that he is calling you by name. But you're stuck in your wine press and you're stuck in your insecurities. And the God of heaven is calling you just as sure as I'm standing here today. Surely I'll be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites. You shall defeat your enemies. The Lord has not abandoned you. He's been perhaps preparing you in a wine press. Oh, but you could come out. You could come out and begin to trust the Lord your God, to trust that he is calling you and he will do something through you. And I'm just bold enough today because I feel exactly the same way. There's, there's been nothing come from my wine press season and my Great Depression background. And, and yet I believe God's called me here today to declare to you that he's doing a move and that we can ask of him. God, give us the nation. Give us this place. Give us Guatemala. May we see a, a church that's, that's, that, that, that is pure and undefiled. There's been so much junk done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in churches and in leadership. And God calling his church to holiness, to walk with him, to trust him like never before. And he's calling not just me, but he's calling church. Church. That's all of us. But you've got to awaken from your own wine press. Mm. Surely I'll be with you. The angel of the Lord repeats himself several times. Surely I'll be with you. But hear this. Until the Lord being with us is all we need, we'll never be satisfied. You'll always be counting your resources. You'll always be held back. Well, I've got to have a bit more finances. I've got to, I, I can't sacrifice everything, Lord, and I, I, I'm held back a little bit, or I don't have that training yet. I don't have that certificate yet. And God, I'm not married yet. God, I don't have children. I don't have grandchildren. God, I'm not retired yet. Our list of excuses go on and on. But there's, a, there's something that happens when we get to the point that nothing else matters but the assurance that we know that the God of heaven is with us. That we are not shortchanged. But in spite of what the battle may look like, the Lord is with us. Oh, that's what I need. That's what I need to hear. I sit, <clears throat> I sit in a hospital room a week ago. Thank you for the tea. And I didn't know why. I, 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 I never spent a night in the hospital in my life. Never spent a night in the hospital. And I didn't want to start, but I... I was in the hospital, and um, I was having a high blood pressure. My blood pressure was up, and I did, that's one of those things I'd never check. I don't even I don't have a doctor. I don't take medicine. I didn't know. And I'm sitting there, and so they're, they're hooking me up to stuff, and they're starting to do tests. And I'm sitting there, and, I, and I, I'm getting a little anxious, honestly, because here's what's happened in my 
family medical history. You see, my mother, she had two brain surgeries for aneurysms where they go in, go into your skull, clamp those off, and she ended up living, you know, but, but all kinds of battles after that. Her brother, blood pressure up, and want a vessel burst, and he's like out, and it was over. He dies at 47. Same name as me. So I'm, I, I've never, you know, never been the doctor, never checked on things. And you start wondering about these things, and I'm, I'm laying there in the hospital bed, and I, I, Paula's close by, and I said, Paula, I said, what, what, can you, go, can you pray, uh, find some people who will pray to rebuke the devourer, please? <laughs> uh, I, I need some people who know how to intercede and know how to pray. Because what's happening, there's a battle in my mind. And I've been able to, to study on that all week. Because it's a place that I think all of us, either you're in today or you will be tomorrow or another day. Because there's fears that come upon you and you, you, you've got to work through that. And yes, we got the word of God. And, and what happened is as I'm praying myself and the word of God comes to me, I'm laying on this hospital gurney, is that... I'm with you and do not fear and you will not die. And so, okay. Sometimes that's all we need to hear, isn't it? You're not, this is not going to take you out. I got stuff for you to do. I am with you. And I wasn't afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die, guys. But I also had a great sense that God's still got something for me to do here. There's still some unfinished work and there's some unfinished business and, and that I'm asking him to give me this nation. I want to see God use this church to turn this place around. And I'm in a room where there's a lot of people, a lot of you are in my mind. I'm laying in that hospital gurney, all the different ministries going on, all the different conversations I've had, all the ways I've tried to speak over some of your lives and say, you're a, you're a mighty man or woman of God. And some of you are able to receive that word and some of you are not able to receive that word yet. But the sense came over me. And, 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 and so I'm sitting there and and they're still doing their tests, and they start coming back, and they say, you know what, your blood work looks fine. And they came back, and they checked my heart, and they did an EKG, and they said, you know what, it's fine. And then finally, they came back one more time, and they said they did this CT scan thing, and they said, you don't have any aneurysms like your mother. You're fine. But they said, you, you've got a sinus infection that's really bad. <laughs> it's really <laughs> And so we're going to fix that. But what's happening with that is that's why I'm needing so much tea and water this morning. The, they are addressing that sinus infection. But that word, guys, that word, that you will not die. And don't you be afraid because I'm with you. Oh, there's great satisfaction potential with that. Great satisfaction if you don't have all of the resources and you don't have all of the goods and you don't have it all together, but you have some kind of assurance that the Lord your God is with you in the moment. Whoo, look out. You better look out because that will become a church that when unleashed, will do, God will do some amazing things with. Because you'll go forth and no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on, you're going to stand your ground because you know that the Lord your God is with you. With you. Oh, my goodness. 
And the angel says, peace be with you. Do not fear, shall not die. The peace, the shalom peace that passes all understanding. Gideon got so excited, he finally realizes there's an angel speaking to him, and he builds an altar to the Lord there, and he, he calls it, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. And I wondered this week if maybe some of us, we need to build an altar today. Because God's spoken, and he's spoken more than once, guys. He's spoken into your life. And there comes a point, and we read about it in Scripture, where you don't want to miss that moment. And you want to commemorate it, and you want to remember it. And you need to build an altar so you do not forget. Forty years of following Jesus. I've got a few moments like that, and, and I'm, I'm, not gr- I'm not great with a lot of things. I'm not great about journaling, perhaps. But I'll try to write down a date and a time, and I, and I'll, I want to remember this. Because the presence of the Lord was here. He called me out of a wine press. (laughs) He had work for me to do. It's the same for you. You've been hurt. You've been damaged. You've been discouraged. You've been in a season of the wine press. And God's calling you out as sure as I'm standing on this stage today. And some of you need to create an altar. You need to build an altar today. Oh, God. As you've been faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. I'll walk with you all the days of my life. I just need to know and leave here today knowing, Lord, you're with me. And that'll be enough. That'll be enough. Woo. Lord, I'm so grateful that you're here today. I'm thankful that you're present. I'm thankful that you're with me. You've got work for us to do. It's not just about me, but it's about all of us today, God. You're calling some people out of some wine press seasons. God, where they'll walk with you, they'll hear your voice. God, for so many of us today, it is to be able to walk, to be able to walk into our destiny, we're going to have to step away from security. And our security has been in our wine press. And God, I'm praying you bring some people out today. Let them hear your voice so strongly that this day, they mark this day down, this November the 13th, 2022. They write it down in their Bibles and they say, God, today I heard from you. And no matter what else comes, God, I just want to know that you're with me. I want a peace that passes all understanding that the Apostle Paul talks about. It passes all understanding. I can't do the math on it. I can't do the logistics on it. But God, I can trust today that you're with me. And I will not be afraid. And I'm not going to die. (laughs) But God, you're leading me and you're with me. God, raise up a room full of warriors today. Men and women and boys and girls who'll walk with you, who'll cry out to you, and we'll we'll sing in in, in unison with the psalmist to say, God, give us the nation for our inheritance. God, we want to see this place change. We want to see a country on its knees because God, we represent the God of heaven today. Yes, God, we'd love to see more miracles, but we know you're a God of miracles, and we're trusting in you today. And God, in spite of our last name or where we've come from or what we've done, 
God, we're believing for mighty things to be accomplished through this, this one who's the least and the last. Because, God, you're with us. And that's enough. That's enough. Go with us, God, as a church out of this place today of people who are walking and trusting with you for all things. Amaze us, oh God. God, raise up some people in this room. Oh God, forgive us for our, the celebrity pastor, celebrity Christian mentality that has so crippled the church. God, praise up some people no one's ever heard of. And God, give them a voice and give them authority, give them anointing. That there'll be no doubt as we walk into the marketplace and walk into our neighborhoods and our businesses and schools that the Lord is with us. And that's enough. We give you praise and honor today. Give him a shout of praise today in this place. We love you, Lord, our God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Go ahead and stand to your feet.